Hello, my name's Susie Gage and I'm the social media editor for the journal Addiction. In this podcast that accompanies the December issue of the journal, I spoke to Craig Gunn about his paper, A Systematic Review of the Next Day Effects of Heavy Alcohol Consumption on Cognitive Performance, which features in the issue. Okay, yep. So my name's Craig Gunn. I'm a researcher here at the University of Bath, studying for a PhD, and I look at exploring the cognitive effects of alcohol hangover. Brilliant. And you've got a paper in the December issue of the journal specifically about that. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yep, sure. So um, when we first started looking at how hangover influences thoughts and behaviours, Uh, We were quite surprised that there's not too much literature out there. And the literature that is out there is really mixed. So it's kind of um, been confused by different definitions of what a hangover is and how people go about doing that. And so we thought we'd provide some clarity by doing a big systematic review. So looking at the literature, seeing what fits with the definition of a hangover and what's good quality research, and then seeing what the overall effect of hangover is on our thoughts and behaviours. And what did you find when you looked? Were there lots of papers about hangover? Um, No, so it's quite good to have a little bit of a comparison between uh, acute intoxication here. So when people are drunk, papers for that are in the tens of thousands, um, scientific papers for it. But for hangover, there's only around 800 papers out there. And so it's really small amount of research in comparison to other aspects of alcohol consumption. And so when you conducted your systematic review, uh, what did you find? Yep, so we found that um, hangover actually negatively affects key aspects of uh, your thoughts and behaviours. So uh, short-term memory, ability to remember a list of words, for example, um, is impaired. Long-term memory is impaired as well. Sustained attention, so your ability to maintain focus on a task that's impaired, and reaction times as well. So um, if you were to respond to psych, you would do it slower than you would if you were sober. And what do you think the implications of these findings are? So they're quite vast, really. Um, Our review also found that your ability to control a vehicle is impaired in hangover, and that may be because of those underlying cognitive abilities, particularly with sustained attention and reaction times. Because uh, when you're driving a car, you need to maintain focus on the road, on your surroundings. And if somebody was to pull out in front of you, then you'd have to react in order to stop and prevent collision or anything like that. Um, so there's quite a lot of implications, not just for driving or public safety, but for the workplace and relationships with other people. And one thing I was wondering is, how do you go about measuring hangover? Um, so at the moment, we've got a couple of good subjective questionnaires that you got for a hangover. So people can come into the lab and they rate not just their overall hangover severity, but individual symptoms of a hangover as well. And by doing that, you get a composite score of this is how severe the hangover is on a given day. And in terms of the studies used uh, in the systematic review, is that the kind of thing that they did? Yeah, um, they did vary between which scales and measurements that they used, but they all had to include a measure of hangover in some way. And it was more often than not a questionnaire in order to say that their people in their hangover condition were actually experiencing a hangover um, on that day. And what, what are the kind of limitations that you found when you were reviewing the literature? Um, So hangover research is kind of limited by the way that it's been conducted. There's two ways to do hangover research. 
you can uh, ask people to come into the lab, give them a set amount of alcohol, um, and then test them the next day when they're likely to have a hangover. But by doing that, you probably won't be able to give them the amount of alcohol that they usually consume um, going out on a normal night out because of ethical reasons. It's really high amounts of alcohol. So um, a limitation for that is you might not get people with as severe hangover as they would in real life. Um, Now, one way to counteract that is to just ask people, if you're going to go out on a night out drinking and it's likely that you're going to have a hangover, could you book into the lab for that day where you think that you have a hangover and we'll test you then? But again, with that, you don't have the control of knowing how much alcohol they had and the individual differences that come within that. Also, I imagine that if people have got really severe hangovers, trying to get persuade them to come into a lab might be quite challenging. Yeah, and we're finding that with our own experimental research that quite often the people that do come into the lab may be kind of mid-range of that scale, so not the most severely hungover people. And when they do have a hangover, we get missed appointments and we get people turning up late and those kind of things as well. So it's quite hard to actually get people into the lab for this kind of research. Just before we finish up... What are the sort of key take-home messages that you hope people will get from your paper? Probably the the main key take-home message is to just think about the consequences of a hangover. People quite often overlook hangovers when when they've had a night out. So you wouldn't get into a car and drive away when you're intoxicated, not only because it's illegal, but because we know about the harms that that can produce. But people will get into the car the next day even if their breath alcohol is at zero, they may still be impaired to levels kind of equivalent to acute intoxication, so when they are drunk. Um, so they need to be aware that having a hangover itself can impact their everyday behaviours too. And there we go. Thanks to Craig for talking to me. And don't forget, you can also listen to the December 2018 podcast, which details some of the other highlights of this month's journal issue as well. Thanks for listening.